just thought of kings Better than diamond rings That's why we're here to sing Football Sunday in the snow Referees, whistle blows Weekend warriors toe to toe Football 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 It's week two, people. It's time for another North London 40 podcast. My name is James Hamlin. Woo! And I'm Mini Abenigo. If you remember, week one, we said, don't pay too much attention into week one. None at all. No attention. We were right. Lots of crazy things happened in week two of the NFL, and we're going to cover those in a second. Just to cover off a bit of housekeeping before we dive into this, you are listening to the sounds of North London 40, England's favourite new NFL podcast, breaking down all things NFL, taking out the jargon, taking out the stats, taking out all the all the inaccessibility of this brilliant sport into your iPods and iPads and into your living rooms and into your ears. And we're trying to do it this way. And yeah, thanks for all your support at NLDN40 on Twitter, North London 40 on Tumblr. We've got a few followers on there. Mixcloud, the whole nine. Keep downloading, keep tweeting us, all that good stuff. We are going to be here every week throughout the season, giving you our season-based breakdowns and all sorts of other stuff too. Let's get into week two. Good week this week. The NFL gave away the season pass for the weekend. It was like Christmas. I know I know. this is a continual theme. Carnival's like Christmas. Week one's like Christmas. Yeah. Basically, a lot of things in my life are like Christmas. But Game Pass for the weekend... What's Christmas is, like? <laughs> eh, it's like a Thursday. Right. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah. Warm-up for Christmas. Game Pass being given away this weekend was like giving the keys to the kingdom. It was, it was like giving us unlimited reign at the pick and mix. Yeah. It, I think that's the only shoveling way to really... Shoveling both hands. Yeah, shoveling both hands, being greedy little piggies, and watching as much football as we could stuff into our fat faces over that weekend. It was brilliant. And for those of you that used it over the weekend, I'm sure if you've cancelled it today so you don't get charged for it, I'm sure you're... Um sure you were looking in your bank account to see if you can keep it. It's a great invention. Shout out to everyone at the NFL. Just gave everyone an opportunity to watch the NFL for free, apart from the Sky Blacked Out games, of course. And I tell you what, what a set of early games they were. Definitely. I also have to quickly shout out that I'm looking through my iPad now. I've probably taken close to about 60 <laughs> in-game pictures. What? Whilst... I'm looking at that now. Why did you do that? Why not? Like these are things. That, <laughs> first of all, you can take pictures while they've got the telestrators still on the screen. Yeah, that's hot. And you can. Like, this is all going to end up on the Tumblr. You know, I've got things like countdown to Super Bowl. Yeah, that's hot as well. A little bit of fun trying to capture things during the commercials. Although you should not be trying to capture things during the commercials. No. While watching Game Pass, but it was it was good. Have you it got was, a picture of Mike Tomlin's aviators. There? Yes, I do, because he, he did go so a cool. little bit crazy at the end. He was a uh, he was like Ric Flair at the end of that game. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, he was he was going into woo overdrive. It's, Should we start with that game? It's true. Let's get to that game because that was one of the later oh, games. Was, yeah, that was. Let's let's start early. So you had nine games on six p.m. UK time. God, I felt carsick at the end of that experience. It was absolutely brilliant. Nine games, had the red zone on, everything's popping off, fantasy football's going down. It was just amazing. So so let's start there. Uh, and maybe let's start with the two teams that we spoke about from the Super Bowl from last year. The New York Giants were the winners. 
the New England Patriots were unfortunately not the winners. And maybe let's start with them. So the first result of the week, New York Giants 41, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 34. This was an absolutely incredible game. And when we spoke about Eli Manning before the season, trying to describe Eli Manning, the sort of quarterback he was, I think that game sums him up more than anything. First half, he threw three interceptions at home, getting booed off. He stunk. The Giants were losing by 11 points at this particular period. Comes back out, throws for 510 yards through the air. That's the ninth highest passing yards in NFL history in a game. Was absolutely incredible. What a game. One of those games that make you glad to be an NFL fan. No, it was. And, you know, the Giants, they could have gone 0-2, both games at home. Going 0-2, people, in this league is, you don't get out of that hole. It's terrible. Could have gone 0-2, it was looking at. I think the stat with the 0-2 is is that if you start off the season 0-2, you're very unlikely to make the playoffs. It's not even not even going back and repeating with the Super Bowl. That's I'm not really a stat, though, is it? Well, <laughs> that's just like a, that's like a saying. Well, <laughs> you're well, to come with a stat then. All right, uh, I can't think of. Oh, hold on, Archie, I will pull up that stat. It's in the uh, pictures. Ah, ah, oh, these pictures are useful. Excellent. <laughs> but no, um, the the Bucks were looking smoking. You know, we called them out at the start of the season as a team that was. Definitely improved over 2011. They were looking good. They're up by 11. Doug Martin looks the real deal. Stats weren't that great on the game for him. 20 carries, 66 yards, only averaging 3.3 in the deck. Scored a really nice touchdown. I think there's lots to come from him. Vincent Jackson, dope in the air. Five receptions, 128 yards, 25 yards of catch in a TD. Mike Williams, the touchdown at the end, went over the cornerback, grabbed it, plucked it in the air, looked really good. That was a gorgeous touchdown. It was lovely. They look legit. The Giants lost to Mud Bradshaw in the first quarter, went off with a neck injury. Lost Dominic Hickson, who got rocked on that hit in the head. He never came back. It was all up against them, but Eli. Ten catches, Hakeem Nix, 199 yards. You don't need me to tell you the average on that one. Victor Cruz, he was salsering away. 11 receptions, 179 yards, and a TD also. It was incredible. The team starting 0-2 since, this is since 1990, 12% have made the playoffs, 5.4% have gone on to win their division, 2.2 have made the Super Bowl, and 1.6 have actually won the Super Bowl. So there you go, people. You don't want to find yourself in that hole. But luckily, it seems that with the NFL and its amazing parity, we don't happen to have that issue. We don't. We're going to break down the standings in a in a bit, actually, as to who's standing where. We're going to break that down after the roundup of games. But yeah, parity people, as we say, Giants look terrible. Week one, they look terrible for two quarters of this game. Wow, that's a high-powered offense. But that wasn't the headline of the game. So we talked about Tampa Bay getting tougher. We've got this new coach from Rutgers, Greg Schiano, and if you saw this incident, you should check it out. It's on NFL.com if you haven't seen it. So. What we do in American football is at the end of the game when there's a few seconds left, it's called a kneel down. So the quarterback just kills time, kneels down. It's an unwritten rule. Nobody plays. Mm -hmm. Greg Schiano, bright spark, he tells his team to go out and pummel Eli. That ain't cool. This This is an interesting one because we find 
argument on both sides of the ball where I thought that this would be fairly standard. I thought that a lot of commentators, a lot of players would be in the position that they would say that if a quarterback's taking a knee, leave him alone. It's the end of the game. They're running downtime. But it seems to be that a lot more coaches, a lot more players seem to be going for this idea that a game ain't over until it's over. And even if something that is a ceremonial is taking a knee, why not take the chance? Mike Dicker came out this morning in support of it. He was 100% behind it. Played tough to the final whistle and stuff. Look, look, I get it. And, and Greg Schiano came out and said, we used to do that at Rutgers all the time. Look, it's your second game as a pro coach. Mm-hmm. Just don't be renowned for that. Yeah. Right. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Exactly. And Eli handled it like he handled everything. You know, oh, shucks. It's a lot of coaches still going at it. Like, it's, it's very weird to see older men surrounded by these big behemoths of players trying to, like, start jawing at each other. But I think Tom Coughlin had a point. He got in his face and he's like, look, that's BS and it doesn't work in this league. And, and he gave his point across and obviously he likes a... He likes a moan as much as the next man, but he kind of got that across. But both teams now one and one, and I think both teams are going to do some stuff in the NFC. From the New York Giants to the AFC champions, New England Patriots, at home against the Arizona Cardinals, led by Kevin Kolb, or as the commentators would say, Kevin Cobb, were led by him. New England, 10-0 and 0 in their last 10 openers at Gillette Stadium. However, this is a sneaky stat I didn't know. Last 11 games, Arizona Cardinals have won nine of them. Wow. They went, yeah. Arizona Cardinals also had not beaten New England for almost two decades. Really? Mm-hmm. New England Patriots, 18. Arizona Cardinals, 20. Arizona Cardinals now 2-0. and 0. This was a bizarre game. We forgot to mention that Eli was getting booed at home. Tom Brady and the Patriots were getting booed at home. How the mighty have fallen. It's not cool, this is, is it? This is like watching Manchester United be booed at home. I don't like that. <laughs> Team would be the closest comparison to the New England Patriots over the past ten years. Then. Reds. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But it was bizarre. So they started off slowly. Wes Welker, there's still something up there. Wes Welker didn't start. He didn't get thrown the ball till pretty much the third quarter. Still ended up with five grabs for 95 yards. He didn't even yards. get on the field until about four minutes left in the first quarter as well. He didn't. They decided to run with Julian Edelman. They lost Aaron Hernandez. To Cut. Julian Edelman. Sorry? <laughs> Did you see the injury? To... Uh, Edelman basically fell on Hernandez. Yeah, 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 he did. He did. He's like, I want, I want Hernandez's playing time. They've lost Aaron Hernandez. He's out for, I think, four weeks now, which is mm-hmm. a big loss for them. They lost him last season for a while. They lost Hernandez. Just couldn't move the ball. Kept spluttering. Just couldn't get downfield. Kevin Cobb, proficient. 15 to 27, 140 yards and a touchdown. Got them the lead. Then you had the classic. The fumble. Felt like it came out in slow motion as well. It did. Winsfield, Wilford got it. A minute and one to go. Thought, right, Patriots have got this. Danny Woodhead took this really cool, like, inside handoff play with a trap block into the end zone. That got called back for holding on Gronk. Fair enough. It's all set up for Goskowski to win it with a 42-yarder. Shanked it. They lost. Patriots are one and one. 
James, can I ask you something? Of course you can, mate. Has Belichick lost his mojo? <laughs> New England, not that swaggering team that had that were all conquering. They seem to have a lot of bad luck recently. Maybe so, but they've been written off before many times by many pundits with higher levels of punditry acumen than us, which is most of them. Tough game next week. They've got Baltimore. They could be one and two. They don't have Hernandez. The offense is built around those two tight ends. Mm -hmm. They don't have one of them. We saw this in the Super Bowl. It doesn't necessarily work. They're better on defense. They can run the ball far too early. Huge game in Baltimore. We'll get to Baltimore in a second, the repercussions of that, but Baltimore, one of these teams is going to be one and two after that game. So, Patriots fans, no need to worry. Terrible performance, though. But shout to Arizona and Kevin Cobb. You're 2-0. Who'd have thunk it? Moving on. Week two, the early games. Buffalo looked good. Really good. CJ Spiller, who's got him in their fantasy team? Uh, as I said on Twitter, it was the greatest day for a spiller since Groovejet made it to number two in the charts. What? Didn't make it to number one? No. Um, Dane Bowers and Victoria Beckham. No, 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 no. Did no, I get that no, wrong? No, completely wrong, mate. Completely wrong. It was the uh, They got to number one and the other guys got to number uh, two. Oh, okay. Well, that's because I'm a big Dane Bowers fan, that's why. Right. <laughs> I'm rewriting Dane Barra's history on Wikipedia right now. CJ Spiller scored twice, 123 yards. Buffalo looked good in their 35-17 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it too early to say that the Chiefs are the worst team in the NFL? I'm only saying this as a Raiders fan to try and deflect any sort of... uh, As if to say the Raiders aren't the worst team. (laughs) We'll get to the Raiders later. Yeah, I I don't know. But, you know, Buffalo looked really good. And, you know, they were winning this game 35-3. And they looked good. And Spiller looked a weapon. And Ryan Fitzpatrick looked capable. No interceptions. No interceptions. 10 of 19, 178 yards. He looked good. I don't know. CJ Spiller is just beasting right now. He's great. They're riding that horse. I don't know on the Chiefs. They've played two teams that I don't think we know how good the other teams are. I think this is one of the things that we find in week two. We can't necessarily stack up who's great. Some certain teams look great, but maybe they're not so much one of them. But the Bills, they put some points on. So that was pretty impressive. And Ryan Fitzpatrick at last, trying to earn back a little bit of that paper. He's Currently, he's got the best quarterback ratings in the division. In the division? He currently has... 88.3 rating. Tannehill with the Dolphins was number two with 76.2. Sanchez with 46.5 and then Brady with 30.6. Oh my goodness, mate. We're living in bizarro NFL right We now. are. Bizarro world right there. Talking of bizarro world and again, the flip-flops that you see from week to week. Philadelphia Eagles. Baltimore Ravens. Philadelphia 24. Baltimore 23. This was a great game. Great game. Two teams that have been tipped for some good stuff. Two quarterbacks that, again, have been tipped for some good stuff. And Michael Vick, as absolutely terrible as he was last week, still threw two picks this week. 22-32, 371 yards and a touchdown. He got it done for his team. He was mustered. He, He really was. It was... 
as you said earlier on, it was a bit of a chippy game as well. Lots of um, afters yep. after each play. It was at some point it did turn into the battle of turnovers. The Eagles had av- well, not average. They had seven turnovers in six quarters of football, but Michael Vick he he pulled it out. Another gutsy performance. <laughs> Uh, and the Eagles find themselves 2-0 and right now. The one thing that Michael Vick did in this game that he didn't do in last week's game was that he was he was checking down the field for his receivers. So he was not only just glued on to one receiver. If he couldn't throw it to one, he looked at the other. He was spatially aware, which is an important thing for a quarterback. As Michael Vick does this transition from... Well, it's been a long time transitioning from being that sort of scrambling quarterback to now being sort of more of a pocket passer. He's he's getting there, and this Eagles team is is clicking. Gutsy wins in the first two weeks are, are always good. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of turnovers that they've had, and they've still won the two games, they've got to look at it and think, wow, if we can eradicate these, then we're in good shape. Somehow they've still won those games. So you're right, and I think this this game, and there was a few others as well, we really started to see... Oh, God, these replacement referees kicking in. <laughs> God, they, we saw some shockers, and it just wastes so much time. True. But it, it did seem that, especially Vic, seemed very... Well, not just Vic. It seemed that a lot of players wanted the refs to throw flags for anything. Vic did get hit quite a lot as well, so there was quite a few roughing the passer flags thrown as well. There was. I don't know if anybody saw, and, and, and we'll, we'll cover the game, but there was the, the Santana Holmes pass interference penalty towards the end against, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was just nonsense. You know, and Joe Flacco came out after the game this week and had a bit of a moan about the referees. I mean, he, he just needs to shut up. I mean, it just is what it is. But I think we started to see them this week. We want the old refs back, for sure. Should we write them like a love letter? Would that be would that be good enough? Yeah. Would they accept true. that instead of money? <laughs> Chance would be a fine thing. Two teams going into this, both 0-1, both rivals in a division. This was another fantastic game. Carolina Panthers, 35. New Orleans Saints, 27. Didn't have the best of games last week. They couldn't run the ball last week. Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers were back and... Man, these Saints can't stop anyone on defense. It's it's almost as if the Saints' defense did not learn from last week. They basically played the same quarterback this week, and they couldn't stop him. So the Panthers ran for 219 yards. If you remember last week's pod, they ran for minus one. 219 on the ground, including 71 from Cam. Jonathan Stewart was back. He scored a nice touchdown from 17 yards. Steve Smith went over 100 Drew Brees looked nice in places, but through two picks. Jimmy Graham dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Let's see how bad these Saints are, because at the moment they don't look good. They don't look good at all. They look like a team that has an interim, interim head coach. They really do, and not looking good for the Saints. I mean, Saints fans, how concerned should you be? I mean, I'd say a fair bit. You can't stop anyone, and these aren't top top NFL teams you know, these are exciting quarterbacks of course but these aren't powerhouse franchises you can't handle not a great performance from the Saints whatsoever in one of the early games looking around the league talking of better performances from quarterbacks Miami oh we're talking about the Miami Dolphins the hard knock Miami Dolphins the hard knock Miami Dolphins 
with the suspect Ryan Tannehill at the helm, 35. The Oakland Raiders, who I think most a lot of people liked in this game, 13. Tannehill got his first touchdown run. He threw for a touchdown pass. They beat the Raiders. Great performance. Yes. Uh, as a Raiders fan, I begrudgingly have to say it was a very, very good Miami performance. I do have to say this, and this is also this shows my inexperience with fantasy football. This, on the Saturday, I'd read an article by Jason Whitlock on Fox Sports talking about the issues of NFL players playing too many games in a short amount of time. Yes. The sports guy retweeted this and also mentioned, watch how Miami completely creams the Raiders this weekend. Because the Raiders played on Monday, they've got to travel. And late on Monday. And late on Monday and travel to East Coast to go play Miami on the early game. And we had Reggie Bush on our bench. I went with Alfred, well, I, I decided to stick with Alfred Morris because I, I felt, you know, he had a good week last week. Let's stick with Great him. Great week. And Reggie Bush went ham. Absolutely crazy. He did go ham. 26 carries. 172 yards, averaging 6.6 on the deck. He scored two TDs, one for a 23-yarder and one from 65. Best ever performance as a pro. He went ham on the Raiders. He was absolutely awesome. And, you know, it's a monkey off the back for the Finns. I didn't see that coming at all. And, you know, hopefully for them, you know, that's a bit of momentum. That's, that's some fans interested, right? Carson Palmer... Through for 373 yards, that's great, but nothing happening from McFadden and the Raiders not looking good so far. Talking to quarterbacks that improve dramatically. Now, we stuck the boot in Brandon Whedon last night, and there was a brilliant, talking about Bill Simmons, there was a brilliant Bill Simmons mailbag where somebody wrote in all the things that received a lower quarterback rating than Brandon Weeding from the week before, <laughs> uh, a rating of five. He got right back on it this week. Unfortunately, Cleveland being Cleveland, didn't win this local rivalry against the Bengals. There was this point towards the end of the game where I think Cincinnati had a big third down and looked like they could get the ball back and they drew them offside. And, it, you know, and I can tell, shout to, shout to Joe, um, our Cleveland Brown fan, just... Probably not even getting pissed off. Just going, I expected that. <laughs> I, I expected that to happen. and Really unfortunate. But this was a great game. 34-27. And these games are often pretty chippy, but pretty interesting. But shout to Brandon Whedon. He went 26-37, 322 yards and two TDs. That's a comeback. Good on him. We like that. That's that's how you show that you're you're going to be a good quarterback in this league. Is is how you bounce back from bad performances. Definitely. Trent Richardson was useful. He uh, put up a hundred on the deck. He was great. But Cincinnati just too strong. Three TDs from Andy Dalton. Over three hundred yards from him. Pac-Man Jones. Yep. TNA Wrestling's own Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> what a handful of a thousand one dollar bills own. <laughs> Pac-Man Jones returned a punt, 81 yards for a TD. A.J. Green looked like A.J. Green. He looked useful. It was, yeah, just another Cleveland Browns game, really. But good to see Whedon back. And, you know, still not, still don't know how good Dalton is. Don't really have a, a full opinion on it. 
interesting. I guess you know you judge these guys how they how they play against the top opposition, but you know in certain games he looks he looks pretty useful. Houston Texans, twenty seven. Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, I don't recognise that team name. <laughs> Sorry, St. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, there, there you go. That, That's them. Seven. That? Easy. <laughs> do we move on? Do we? Do we not mention our London team? Sorry, our future London. Future team. London team. We can mention it. And and in the past, Jacksonville fans will probably be quite relieved at Blaine Gabbert leaving the game, but he left the game to an injury. Chad Henney came in. You know, he he was back to his normal self, and Houston just never looked in trouble. Arian Foster, 110 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Ben Tate, probably the lead's best backup running back. Is there any fantasy owners out there that are starting Arian Foster and Ben Tate in the same team? That would be awesome if they did. 12 carries, 74 yards, two TDs on the ground for Ben Tate. And he actually he got called out for Foster's touchdown. He had that one disallowed on the line, so he could have had three TDs. Texans look good, but let's face it, they're not playing teams that are any good. So, again, we don't necessarily know how good they are. St. Jacksonville Jaguars, franchise low, 117 yards on offense. This just isn't good enough, is it? I think I could run 117 yards. It's just not good enough. But Houston Texans, good, good defense to have in your fantasy team. On the theme of quarterbacks coming back from not a brilliant performance the week before, He's registered his first of what are sure to be many wins in the NFL. For the Indianapolis Colts, they scored 23. The Minnesota Vikings scored 20. This, again, was a sneaky good game. You know, like you look at it and you're like, I don't really give an F about this game whatsoever. And, you know, Indianapolis were on top. Luck looked good. He went 20 of 31 with two, DD, two TDs, no picks, 224 yards. But then Minnesota came back. Somehow, but then Luck went on a rallying drive, got them in field goal range. I think it was something like 49 yards in 40 seconds. It was great. And when you watch him play, you can look at him and you're like, yeah, what's so, what's, what's all the fuss about? What's so good about Andrew Luck? Watch him, watch his composure, watch his demeanour, watch the respect he's immediately getting from, the respect he's immediately getting from teammates. He's the real deal. Drove them down. The kicker that New England could have done with this week. The GOAT. Mr. Clutch, Adam Vinatieri, nailed a 53-yarder to win it for the Colts. Very impressive. Adrian Peterson on the comeback trail, 16 carries, 60 yards. Wasn't amazing, wasn't terrible. Percy Harvin, 100 yards through the air for Minnesota. Another great game from Did him. Did you see um, Percy Harvin had cramp at the end of the game and they pulled out what looked to be like a... A bread, uh, no, sorry, a rolling pin, and they're using a rolling pin on his cramped leg. Did see that? We've never seen. We watch football a lot. I've never seen them pull out kitchen appliances and use them on players. The beauty is a game pass, people. You get to see all these things. There was an early game this week, kicked off Thursday night, early Friday for all us Brits. One of the biggest rivalries in American sports. The Chicago Bears went into the backyard of the Green Bay Packers and basically blew it. Green Bay 23, Chicago Bears 10. It was set up for Chicago to go in there and do a number. It really was. 
Green Bay's D. Worst defense in the NFL last season. They killed Jay Cutler. They absolutely killed him. Four picks for Jay Cutler. Seven sacks, including three and a half for Clay Matthews. Couldn't hit Brandon Marshall. Well, when he did, Brandon Marshall dropped the ball. Lost Matt Forte to injury. It was terrible. Jay Cutler did paint himself in a bit of a corner. He was he was talking a bit of smack before the game. And then after you know, throwing up those interceptions, Charles Woodson commented that they just knew that they had to be patient and Jay would throw them the ball. It's the second week in and I'm thinking that might be the quote of the season already. Look, Jay Cutler's done some goofball things in the past and he's not done a lot to help himself. And if you, we talk about New York being a rampant media sports market, Chicago is no different. You know, they'll kill you out there. And after his complete boo-boo in the NFC Championship game where he put his iPod on and, and didn't go back in the game, he was seen screaming at offensive tackle Jamarcus Webb, which, which took some stones to do that because obviously he's massive, screaming at him for letting Clay Matthews get through and sack him. And, and it was, he's been called out by DJ Moore, who said it's what he is, and he's always been that way, so don't expect him to change. Of which Cutler came out and said, I don't care about this. This isn't just a hobby for me. I'm not just doing this for my health. I'm trying to win football games. I'm trying to get first downs. And when we're not doing the little things, not doing the things the right way consistently, I'm going to say something. If they want a quarterback that doesn't care, they can get somebody else. (laughs) But yeah, he, he does come off as very, very childish. Herbish. Herbish. Chippy. It doesn't help that people don't really understand what he wants to be. In some ways, I think the American media and, and the NFL media in general want players to be passionate and care about winning or even just like the, the semblance of caring about winning whilst on the field. You talked about him... You'd like to think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you talked about uh, Cutler remonstrating with Webb, but also at the same time when Brandon Marshall missed the, the dropped the catch in the end zone, he just nonchalantly sat next down, sat down to him and rubbed his head as if he was a dog. It's... He's an enigma, wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a mystery. He is. He is. He's hard to like, but when he's on his game, he's a talented player. He's a really talented player. And I guess that's why people put up with him. I guess until he wins a Super Bowl, until he has the, the shield of actually winning the, the big one, he'll always get these questions asked of him. He'll always have reputation. You're right. Going on to the late games, so the trend continues of having a lot fewer games later. There was only four games, and you not so quite hard diehard NFL fans. This is sometimes the point where your missus is like, "Well, Downton Abbey's back on now, so we've been watching this for three hours. Can we watch it?" And you go, "Yeah, okay. You want to keep your your marriage and your your union intact. You didn't miss tons." In the late games. At this point, I I watched Game Pass on my iPad. Sorry, on my girlfriend's iPad. Whilst she watched the final episode of last season's Boardwalk Empire. Right. This is this. These are the sneaky things you need to do to maintain your relationship whilst also being a massive NFL fan. What? You haven't said. What? 
<laughs> Finding compromises, watching watching the game whilst participating in some television watching at the same damn oh, time. Oh, at the same time, yeah. right. Is that because, of course, New Boardwalk Empire starts tonight, uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Have you seen the first episode yet? I have. See, FYI, people, Inye doesn't work for a living. <laughs> it's very true. So, don't drop a spoiler on me, mm-hmm. or anyone, if we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Boardwalk Empire? Just in general, going into season three, and then I'll give you mine. Going into season three, or actually, can I talk about the first episode of season three? No, don't drop a spoiler on I'm me. I'm not going to drop spoilers. All I'm right, just going right, right. to say this, that for all of you that put up with the boredom that was the first two seasons of Boardwalk Empire, the first episode of the third season, all of that work has been repaid. They've cleared the clutter. It is going on. It looks to be going on to a good show. They finally given the people that you wanted to have more screen time, more screen time. So, is this a stick with it call? Yes. Uh, right now, we still got a couple of weeks until Homeland's back. True. Weeds has just finished. There's nothing else on a Sunday. Hard Knocks has finished. Hard Knocks, of course. Hard Knocks has finished. Think of it as now on a Saturday, which throws things off a bit. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely say stick with it. I th- I think there's a new character in there who has incredible similarities to one of Mas- Martin Scorsese's most famous characters, and I think that that's going to be enough to to have people to gravitate towards them, towards the show again. Yeah, Andy Greenwald, the excellent TV writer in Grantland, did a great piece on Boardwalk Empire this week, and basically saying that was to say, look, it's not a TV show in the pantheon of Mad Men, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, The Wire. But... Don't budge of me. Yeah. (laughs) Because it looks so good and the cast is so good and it's just so over-stylized and there's just so much there. You're just like, I'm just watching it. Yeah. You know, I'm just watching it. But then I was thinking about season three and I was thinking, can I be bothered... But then I was thinking, it's a day's commute. Yeah. What the F? Definitely. No. So I, that's interesting to hear. Yeah, I, I would say definitely give it a go. I think what happens at the end of season two, which I thought was probably going to be the end of the show, has actually come around to probably being the liberation of the show. Uh, okay. Okay. Okay, interesting. Talking to TV shows and talking to Hard Knocks... Us in this country, we have our own version of Hard Knock starting. Finally. It's on Channel 5, and it's all about Liverpool. Uh, well, there's only so much you could ask for. Oh, come on. Really, do we want to be seeing what Brendan Rodgers are going to be doing with Raheem Sterling? It's got to be more interesting than the Miami Dolphins, surely. I love Liverpool. I'm a, I'm a kid of the late 70s, early 80s. I love Everyone loved Liverpool. I'll watch the show if they can somehow manage to get a shot of Luis Suarez's DVD collection. So I'd be curious to see what he has in the American History X. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Love thy neighbour. Sam for the sun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back to week two. Mm-hmm. Late this games. Was, th- late games. This was a good game. St. Louis Rams, 31. RG3 and the Washington Redskins, 28. St. Louis looked good against Detroit. They beat the Skins. Really great performance from Sam Bradford. St. Louis, really impressed. 
Danny Armandola. 15 passes he caught. He was targeted 16 times. He caught 15 of them. Got to be a fantasy sleeper. 160 yards. Danny Amendola, who presented the Super Bowl. He's probably most famous for in this country. He helped present the Super Bowl last year on BBC. Well, I may have watched the Super Bowl via the dark arts. So He did. He presented it on BBC. I had he to show like, my girlfriend he looked very the cool. He looked like a member of Vampire Weekend. <laughs> That's overly cool. Yeah, over, overly cool. But St. Louis, Sam Bradford, we forget. He had a terrible season last season, but again, battle of two Heisman Trophy winners, Sam Bradford and Robert Griffin. 26 of 35, three touchdowns, 310 yards. Redskins were up, they were back in it, but St. Louis was a great performance. You know, They'll beat some teams this year. You know, it was, <laughs> it was impressive to see, and actually a really good game. The only game that... Of the late games, that was actually interesting as we went into the fourth quarter. Well, t- sadly, the also one of the reasons why the Redskins lost was um, defensive end Adam Carricker and Brian Arakpo both went out with injuries, and we found out today that Arakpo's out for the season, and uh, Carapo were not entirely too sure, but he'll definitely be out for at least a couple of weeks. They're out. Another guy who's probably out, he's probably on his way to the dole queue, was Josh Morgan. This was a game-changing incident. So the Redskins are driving down, getting close to field goal range. Josh Morgan takes a five-yard out. Gets tugged a little bit by Cortland Finnegan. Threw the ball in his chest, 15 yards. What a pleb. (laughs) Just... Boneheaded play. I've been wanting to use that phrase all this time. Take finally, it. Finally, yeah, incredibly boneheaded play. America's team went up to the northwest. Shout out all of our Seattle listeners, the connection up there. They went up to take on the Seahawks, a Super Bowl bandwagon that had lost a wheel in week one. They got destroyed. 27 points to seven. In the backyard of the Seahawks. Awful performance from the Cowboys. Never underestimate the power of a good special teams. The first 10 points that the Seahawks scored were all through amazing special teams plays. If you have the confidence to know that your special teams can put you in good positions on the field, you're less likely to make mistakes. You'll be not necessarily more conservative with your gameplay, but you will find a way of winning against better fancied teams. Talk of Tony Romo signing a new contract this week, which must have made Dallas fans pretty optimistic. It's like, right, he's in a contract week. He's going to play well. He stunk. Jason Witten dropped five passes, which never happens. He was terrible as well. Marshawn Lynch, 122 yards on the ground, really helping Russell Wilson out, who didn't have to do tons to win the game. He still threw a touchdown pass to McCoy. But, yeah, big result for the Seahawks. Back on track. Last two games, not really much to say about this. The Chargers, 38. The Tennessee Titans, 10. Pretty standard result for the Chargers. The Titans look bad. So does Jake Locker. Jackie Battle, two touchdowns at the end. New York Jets going into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Mike Tomlin with his aviators on, looking cool. Jets, 10. Steelers, 27. Horrible Mark Sanchez performance. Pretty good Ben Roethlisberger performance and no Tim Tebow performance. Well, Tebow did have one carry. Oh, he did? He did have I one carry. That. That, that, that's enough. But 
it, as you said, it just it wasn't a very good Sanchez performance. At one point, he only completed completed three passes in two hours of real time. I saw that. That was an unbelievable statistic. And even though the game possession time was fairly even, it did feel like Pittsburgh controlled the had better clock management and and it felt that they really took control of the game. And the final game was the late game. It was all about whether the San Francisco 49ers were the truth against the Detroit Lions. They looked legit, the 49ers. Incredibly legit. And Vernon Davis had a really good game. Really, you know, solid with five receptions, 73 yards. But there were two, two TDs. TDs. Sorry. And, but very key for them. And Alex Smith, who would have thunk it? Well, a lot of people would have. Still no interceptions for Alex Smith. Managing the game well. Frank Gore doing some stuff on the grounds. The 49ers. Gore looked like a beast, I have to say. that He was just getting into the Detroit secondary time and time again. Niners look legit. I think they're unanimous number one in the power rankings out there, people. Yeah, so that's all the teams playing two games, apart from Atlanta and Denver, who play in the late game tonight. Big game for Peyton Manning on a national stage going on Atlanta again. We're going to see how good these teams are. But if you look at the league... If I was to think of one song that represented how the league stood into week two, it would be One on One by Hall and Oates. Everyone's one on one. It's true. The going well, even regardless of the Monday night game, there'll be twenty teams at least who will have one on one records. It's crazy. Everyone's one on one. Apart from the unbeaten teams who are the surprise of Arizona. Houston Texans, no real surprise there. Eagles in a couple of squeakers. San Diego haven't played anyone decent. The very impressive 49ers. Then 20 teams at 1-1, one and one, as we mentioned. Winless, predictably winless. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Tennessee, Oakland, and unpredictably, the New Orleans Saints. But it's only week two, people. Well, you say it's only week two, but I think it's time that the Oakland Raiders had a change of coach. Really? Well, uh, in week two. In uh, week two, I said I sent you the song earlier this week. Um, the, the NFL currently has a fan challenge for fans of teams to do songs for their teams. Basically, it's fan interaction, social media, 2012, all that fun stuff. Yep. It's fronted by Celo. Uh, the whole the whole experience. Who's doing a Christmas LP, by the way? Yes, and God bless that man. Anyway, so the Oakland Raiders, who, who, name me any famous Oakland Raiders fans. Who do you think would be up for doing a song for the Oakland Raiders? Famous Oakland Raiders fans. Ice Cube? Yeah, ding, 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 ding. So Ice Cube did a Oakland Raiders song, and it's what you'd expect an Ice Cube song to be in 2012. You know, he manages to try and get in most of the Raiders legends, but he does, in the chorus, does say... Throw the long bomb on first down. Throw the long bomb on every down. And I have a feeling that this should be the new 2012 Raider way. And I'm voting for Ice Cube to be the new coach of the Raiders. Right, okay. Okay. So bomb every play. Yes. It might be repetitive, but but maybe maybe once once or twice he'll go with a run to with McFadden. Oh, let's just move on for the Raiders. <laughs> let's move on to week three. We're week three already. So we've got this... Trend continuing with early games. Again, Thursday night into Friday morning here in the UK, the NFL Network game 
is the New York Giants taking on the Carolina Panthers. Should be a good one. Cam. Cam against Eli. Why the hell not? I don't, I don't know. Still think the Giants in there. I think they're going to go in and do pretty well down in Carolina. But I think it's going to be a close one. Two excellent quarterbacks out there. Excellent. Michael Vick taking his 2-0 Philadelphia Eagles into Arizona to take on his old team mate, in parentheses, Kevin Cobb. One of those teams is not going to be unbeaten after that. Cardinals, pretty decent defense. I think they're going to be in Vic's face all day. Should be a good matchup. Will Vic continue a streak of winning the game by another one-point margin again? I think it's going to be tight, but I think that's going to be one of the highlights highlights of the week for absolute sure. Will Larry Fitzgerald turn up? He's not being targeted lots by Kevin Cobb. It's true so far. But hopefully he's, he'll turn up. Fantasy owners definitely want him to turn up. That's for damn straight. Pick of the early games for me, Jets-Dolphins. Not because there's going to be lots of amazing talent on display and it's going to be an incredible game, just like Jets-Dolphins games. And I think it could be a bargain basement clash already in that division. We shall see. Battle of 0-2 teams, the Chiefs and the Saints must win for the Saints at home against the Chiefs. I think my choice would be the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Bucks at the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a good call. It should be a good game as well. Two teams, both 1-1. One and one. Going on later, the Texans go into Denver to take on Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Should be exciting. We will. We are recording this before the Monday night game. We are. And Eli's going to be on the big stage. Peyton. Sorry. Peyton's going to be on the big stage. I still have a sneaking suspicion that he's not fully there. Still think that maybe it's adrenaline. By the time we get to the game on Sunday, we'll really see is Eli Manning back. Peyton Manning back. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) We will. And the late game, as you mentioned earlier, huge game. New England Patriots go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. That's the late game. That is a playoff game right there. It is. Remake of the AFC Championship game from last season, which the Ravens could have won if it wasn't for Lee Evans and then Billy Cundiff. And then Monday night, Green Bay Packers. They're going up to Seattle, taking on Russell Wilson. It should have been Matt Flynn. I'm sure that's why they scheduled the game. It should have been Aaron Rodgers taking on Matt Flynn, but it's not. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers taking on Seattle and the 12th man and Russell Wilson and America (laughs) on Monday night. There's been talk of Seattle Stadium being the the loudest in the NFL. Yep. How loud could it be? I know that's a very abstract question, but I'm... (laughs) I'm just wondering what makes the Seattle Stadium louder than others. Would you happen to know? I wouldn't. We should ask our boy Justin around this because he's a native and he will know. The only game I've been to in Seattle was when the Seattle Sounders played Manchester United. Okay. Seattle Sounders zero, or nil as we would say. Man United seven. It was close. It was good. It was. It was. It was, it was close. It, was, it transcended into an absolute farce in the second half where I was there with some good friends of mine, Seattle Sounders season ticket holders, and they were really looking forward to the game. And in the second half, the Sounders were bringing on players they'd never even heard of. Some without even squad numbers. 
whereas Man United brought on Carrick, Rooney and Park. And it was just it was just ridiculous. But it was a great atmosphere. It was super, super loud. You know what? I don't know. And I think it's, I think it's a sports-mad town. Mm-hmm. Passionate about their sports. Passionate about their teams. Really make an occasion of it. Really raise the roof, you know. So I think they bring it. If they we're going to talk it. about the MLS, I'd like to quickly mention, shout out Thierry Henry, who scored for, directly from a corner this weekend. Moving on. <laughs> That's a preview for week three. People... We've run through this super quick, but there's, this is the season. It's already nearly in its third week. This is how much stuff's going on. This is how exciting it is. If you're new to the sport, you should be loving this. This is what it's all about, people. From now until playoff time, we're going to be here every week breaking this down, all this stuff down, and other stuff. Anything else happen this week we want to talk about? There was the Kanye, well, the Cruel Summer album, but we'll talk about that next week. I don't think you've had a chance to fully digest that yet. You're wrong, actually. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you why. All right. I can't give an impartial opinion on this. Because I'm you are Kanye West? No, no, no. Kid Cudi? No, okay. no, no, no. I'm just a man fan. <laughs> I'm just an absolute mad f- man fan. Even when he pisses on his chips totally, I'll still stand up. I'm just a massive fan. I just love it all. I'm listening to that this morning. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'd have to agree. I I really do enjoy it, even though there is one song that that my girlfriend described as the starlight level on Sonic, which I think is that John Legend song. It just sounds like completely like a video game. But it's a really, really good album. Yeah, just really good. An interesting compilation. Actually, this is a good question to ask you because you are sorry, one of the hosts of the Breaking Bread podcast. Yes, I am. How would you rank it as in terms of hip-hop compilation albums? Is it up there? Is it as good as the Violator LPs? <laughs> well, number one, for me, it doesn't feel like a compilation LP mm-hmm. because... Kanye's on most of it. Yeah. It's and like rap records now are they're full of guests. Yeah. Absolutely full of guests. Um so it doesn't really feel like a compilation LP. It just feels like a sort of weird Kanye West sort of slightly concepty LP. Mm-hmm. But I will admit I've never been a fan of compilation LPs. Why not? Because the sum never equals the parts. Okay. I'm trying to think. The Juice soundtrack mm-hmm. stands out. And there's been a few soundtracks over the years that really kind of fit the bill for me. That's something but I'd like to come back. The, the early 90s hip-hop soundtrack. Those days are gone, my friend. Because the market got flooded, right? Yeah. But compilations, you'd always pick them up. Back in the day, it'd be like, oh, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. It's amazing, but it would never really equal up to it. Mm-hmm. But... I think this is brilliant, um, but again, I'm I'm not the person. If you want an objective opinion, you're not going to get it from me because yeah. it's like everything he touches turns turns to gold. One but last thing, sorry. Go on. The, and I don't know if you know this, and I really should have emailed you this already. Yep. They have re-released the purple tape today. Really? Thousand copies in a pristine box. Really, really well done. I think it's something that you definitely enjoy. Oh, okay. All right. I'll have to go and pick that up. Yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. We are out, and we're about to go and buy the purple tape and listen to some more Kanye West and get some Pro Plus in me as I stay up to watch, within yay, the Monday night game.
and all the highlights from this week and all the brilliant things that do encompass NFL and American football. We have been North London 40. We will see you this time next week. Thanks a lot, people. Take care.